0: Good evening everyone, um, Dave here, uh, happy new year to all of you and um, hope you had a great Christmas and we haven't having a show for a good couple of weeks now but um, i just on here now before the episode just to make a note that this was recorded on Monday night before the awful event uh, with Damar Hamlin, um, obviously all of our thoughts are with him and hope he recovers and make a full recovery and Know, get back on the field but um yeah i just wanted to let everyone know that this was recorded before that so obviously there'll be no mention of it uh, we were not really sure what to do with the episode but so i don't think there's any reason not to put it out but um yeah just in case you were wondering why we didn't mention it or, or ollie and ashton mention it um it that's why it was recorded before um so i will hand over to them now um and yeah hope, hope you enjoy the show Hello and welcome to the first and 10 week 17 review for the NFL season. I'm Ollie once again joined by Ash. Ash, how are you, mate?
1: I'm good, thanks, mate. Now the Chargers are in the playoffs, I've never been better, shall we say. It's been a long wait since 2018.
0: Yeah, and it's uh, been a long wait for myself as well. 2016, I had to wait a couple more years. So, uh, I, I guess I've got that over you. But um, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe mine just feels slightly more important. Um, But yeah, it's been a long few years for the Giants, finally back in the playoffs, and with a comfortable victory as well, which feels very strange, even in this season, which has been a good one. Not had many of those. Indeed. But we'll start with our rivals uh, first. The Cowboys are playing on Thursday night football. Relatively comfortable win against the Joshua Dobbs-led Titans offence. 27 to 13 in the end a lot of comparisons being made this week between Dak Prescott and Derek Carr um obviously Derek Carr has just been essentially cut by the Raiders not official yet but it's pretty much going to happen um whereas Dak Prescott is very much seen as the guy for the Cowboys um Ash have you seen much of those comparisons Mm -hmm. what do you make of that
1: oh I think that Derek Carr's bit harshly treating. Obviously, Jared Stidham went off this weekend, but we'll talk about that later. But I still think that Carr is a good enough quarterback to start for quite a few teams in the NFL. It's just that, obviously, he's in a very tough division with Mahomes and Justin Herbert, so he's always kind of compared to them. Um, but going back to Dak Prescott, I think that he, he definitely did struggle Thursday night. It wasn't exactly the prettiest of games from Dak, but he managed to get it over the line. But He has got weapons. So sometimes you could argue, do the weapons help Dak out as in regards to make him look better than he is? Or is Dak actually the real deal? And do you think he can carry team on his back? We have seen it previously um, where he has done that. But maybe since the injury, he's not quite looked himself as much. Um, But the Cowboys team still managed, obviously, to get this win over the line. To be fair to Tennessee and Josh Dobbs, I thought Josh Dobbs had a great game. I thought that if it was Malik Willis, it probably would have been a different different scoreline. But Dobbs kept them competitive, and I think Dallas just in the end just had a bit too much. But considering how many injuries Tennessee had, I thought they did pretty well. Um, it wasn't great from Dallas, so they're probably probably glad to just get that one out of the way and move on to another game, especially obviously the big game this week. But um, yeah, I thought Dallas did enough, but it wasn't a lot to scare me considering I thought the Dallas D over the previous sort of five or six weeks have been good. And then like, there's just been a couple of games recently, the Jags, this game, they, they weren't amazing. They they kind of dropped off a little bit. Maybe that's just Parsons not being that fit and, and Diggs missed a, a few interceptions. So, um, and some drop balls and stuff. So maybe they just need to get that defense locked down a little bit more and that might give them a little bit of confidence. But yeah, Dallas at the moment, I would argue, aren't in the greatest of form, but they still managed to pick up them wins. And the big game for Tennessee this week, obviously against Jacksonville.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's both massive weeks for them. Um, I'm sort of hoping the Giants do actually give the Cowboys a chance at the number one seed, which feels a bit strange to say. But um, obviously, obviously, I'm. it's one of those things where, because obviously the Giants don't have anything to play for this week. But at the same time, it would it'd be absolutely lovely to take away the Eagles' number one seed um, after what they did to us in that Washington game um, last year or a couple of years Actually, sorry, a couple of years ago. Last year, we were nowhere near the playoffs. Um, but basically, yeah, it's I going to be a big week for both of those. Obviously, the Cowboys chance at the number one seed. If it's not that, then they're playing... The Bucks on the road, which I, I know the Bucks haven't had a great season, but you c- you can never really judge off that, especially after the performance Brady's just had with Mike Evans. Um yeah. and Titans, I I feel like they're definitely underdogs for that AFC South title now, but mm-hmm. you know I guess you never know it, it. It's a weird thing. I guess if Tannehill plays, that's going to make a massive difference, but I don't think he will be fit. Um, and Henry. <laughs> yeah, and Henry as well. And then and then I guess you stick with Josh Dobbs because he's at least yeah. relatively consistent. Malik Willis definitely seems like the bigger talent, but obviously if you're just trying to win this one game right now, yeah. I think it's gotta be Dobbs. True. And moving on to the one game this week that had zero playoff implications whatsoever. Um feel strange putting it at this side of the show but this is where it is um, Cardinals Falcons was up next um, I I mean I guess there's not really much to say other than David Blau looked okay I guess um, yeah I mean this is the like it's a very obviously Desmond Ritter is probably the most interesting talking point here um, obviously Tyler Algier had a decent game that's you know interesting and forward to the future um, mm-hmm. Drake London had a few catches but Desmond Ritter, he I, I guess he plays okay. I don't, I don't know. What did you see from him in this game, Ash?
1: Yeah, I mean, Desmond Ritter, to be honest, reminds me of Marcus Mariota, which is really weird. Obviously, they play, they obviously both play for the same team, but in regards to he never does anything amazing and he never really lets you down. So you don't see a game from Ritter with like three interceptions and 300 yards with no TDs, and then on the other hand, you don't see him go. 300 yards and three touchdowns, no interceptions. He's always like maybe one and one, like this weekend, zero and zero. Didn't do anything, doesn't fumble the ball, doesn't give it away. Just it's just like a game manager, um, which yeah. I don't obviously think is going to be enough in this NFL. Um, I think Ritter's okay, but I think he's a backup personally. I think it's he's what they've kind of got with him. They'll probably give him this offseason because. I'm not sure they're going to be in a position where they can draft one of the top guys. But you never know, obviously, a few more wins from a few other teams. But with the win at the weekend puts them at six wins. They'll probably be picking around eight, nine or ten, I think, maybe a little bit later, which it's obviously not going to get you Bryce Young or CJ Shroud. So I think it's going to be a bit of a tough one for Atlanta to kind of kick on from this. Maybe they're going to look at maybe a free agent sign in or maybe someone like Jacoby Brissett or someone like that, that's maybe going to leave the Cleveland Browns. I think he would be an upgrade for them. I think he's better than Ritter and um, Mariota. Um, but they're in that sort of no man's land. And, and the same with Arizona. I mean, Arizona, they've just had a nightmare season. The, them and the Rams, really, they've just had nightmare seasons. They just need to sort of like <laughs> start a game, really, with what they've had. Obviously, Murray's been injured. Stafford's been injured with the Rams. They just had multiple injuries. I could see Cliff Kingsbury going, maybe. Um, but I think they might give him one more year, and if it's if it goes tits up again, then I can see him maybe moving on. But they've got the talent there, Arizona. They just this season's just been one of them ones to forget.
0: Yeah, it's a tough one to judge for the Cardinals because obviously there have been injuries for carlo Murray, but there were also problems before that, and so it's hard to yeah. judge how much of that is the injuries, how much of it is just problems that they need to fix. And yeah. King, uh, I, feel, I feel Kingsbury, he definitely will get another seat. It, like, it, I feel like it just would be quite harsh to fire him yeah. after the season, especially for a guy who you drafted two quarterbacks in the top ten back to back for. Like, this is a guy who you listened to when you said, "No, no, I want that guy. Let's get rid of that other quarterback you just spent a top ten pick on." Yeah. Um. Yeah, I just feel like they they, they have to give both of them more time, especially Kylo, They've just signed a massive contract with him as yeah i don't know if it's the best of if that was the best decision but they've they're tied to it now and uh it'll be interesting to see how they move forward and if they can recover from this season yeah on to the uh lions destruction of the bears um jared goff continuing some impressive performances that he's had he, he genuinely looks like a man reborn in detroit really doesn't he yeah
1: he does i think that well, obviously, they're, Detroit now is sitting at that um, sort of if they win, they're in in some respects. Obviously, if Seattle do win, then it might be a little bit different. But Detroit have put themselves in a position where they never thought they'd be, especially about five, six weeks into the season. Um, Gerald Goff's just come on leaps and bounds. The whole team's come on leaps and bounds. they kind of got a bit more of an identity. They've always been running the ball very well this season, but they've just been giving up points, ridiculous points, early part of the year. And Goff's not really been playing like the last seven games he's been playing, like the, the beginning of the season, it just wasn't like that. But with um, uh, with that game against the Packers coming, maybe Sunday night football depends on how the NFL schedule it. It could be one of them games where you see like a lot of the neutrals are be on the side of Detroit just because they're kind of the team that everyone kind of wants to win with Dan Campbell there. And everyone's kind of seen the Packers being there and do it before. So it'd be nice to see Detroit, maybe get over the line and get into the playoffs because at one point you never ever thought that would happen but what a season they've, they've sort of put together but they have, they have got the talent to treat so I'm not surprised that they're well I am surprised that they're in this respect that soon but actually if you look at their roster and see how much depth and talent they've got really they should be putting the, these sort of seasons together Chicago again like Fields has had a great season looks, he looks the part um, but they've still got plenty of areas that they need to sort out and they will probably address that in the draft
0: yeah, as one of those, I guess, even if Seattle does it win, win. At, in the six o'clock window next weekend and you have the Detroit Green Bay game in the Sunday night football slot, if the Lions are sort of eliminated by that point, they're, they're still not going to make the playoffs. So you'd imagine they're still going to be putting their all of their starters out trying to win just to stop Green Bay getting in, if anything. Yeah, because
1: um, it's divisional game, yeah.
0: Absolutely. And, you know, I, I, I'd i imagine all of those players, they're going to be fighting for a spot on the team next year. They're yeah. not going to be taking it easy, I can imagine. So, moving on to an AFC South divisional matchup, not quite as big as the one we're looking forward to this week. But the Jags, with a pretty dominant win over the Texans here. The Texans pretty much down and out at this point. Um, Trevor Lawrence managed to disappoint fantasy owners in a 31-point uh, game for the Jaguars. um, But yeah, an impressive run game, particularly for ETN. um, And, you know, just in general, very dominant performance from the Jaguars. I, I, I assume this can only build confidence, especially in comparison to the Titans with their performance, you know, going into that crucial game this week on Saturday, sorry, not Sunday. With,
1: obviously, Trevor Lawrence didn't really turn up. I mean, the Titans and the Jags really could have just had bye weeks this week because obviously that game next the, the wins this week, whatever happened, really didn't matter compared to what happens next week. So the next week's game's going to be huge really for both franchises. Um and obviously they pulled Lawrence, they pulled a couple of guys when when the score got out of hand. But Jacksonville's defense is really what's been impressing me the last few weeks as well. Just some the, the forcing the turnovers which in the in the NFL turnovers are key. Um and like Ray Sean Jenkins has been really, really good and a few other guys. Josh Allen's obviously been stepping up and doing what he can do. So um yeah, that that game against Tennessee, obviously, if if Derrick Henry comes back, then you've kind of still got Tennessee as you know, what Tennessee are. Obviously, they're big ground and power run run team with Simmons and Albury are back. Um, and they've got kind of a couple of the guys on the back end. Tennessee are still relative to the same team, obviously, without Tannehill but Jacksonville obviously now got that identity with spreading the ball about with Lawrence and and like there's no real superstar wide receiver but they spread the ball out to literally all these guys so next week's game should be an absolute great game hopefully if if Tennessee can get Henry back and kind of feel like an actual grudge match rather than Tennessee go into that game limping like they with all the injuries. I can't really see them turning over Jacksonville. But if they get Henry, there's always a chance. So, yeah, I think Jacksonville will be bang up for the next week's game. Obviously, they didn't really have to put much of a fight up this week with Houston. Obviously, just they're just a funny team, Houston. And they? Like, they can put up a fight against the Kansas City Chiefs, but they just didn't want to bother in the divisional game. So you never really know what you're going to get at Houston. But I can see them taking Bryce Young, one overall next year. And there'll be a completely different team with Bryce Young at the helm. So it'll be interesting to see he takes over that head coaching job because at the moment, there's talk. Lovie Smith might not be there as well. So it'll be interesting to see what what comes across there on, on Black Monday, what they talk about with all the NFL coaches. But um, Jacksonville, Tennessee is obviously the game that everyone's looking forward to next weekend.
0: Yeah, very nice of the NFL to put that one on a Saturday night for us so that we can actually stay up and watch it. Um, yeah. and But interesting, so obviously it's mainly talk about NFL here but so you're seeing Bryce Young going ahead of CJ Stroud then are you
1: I personally think he will do yeah I think that um when 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 they break the tape down and just just with what Bryce Young's done the last couple of seasons I think he's just got a little bit more under his belt than uh Stroud but Stroud did what Stroud did at the weekend I don't know if anybody saw it what Stroud did at the weekend was Unbelievable! No one's been able to do that against Georgia um, and he was so close to taking that team to the National Championship. So he's a very good um, second option, shall we say, um, for most people. But I just think that I just think Bryce Young's kind of got the whole package. Um, I just think that he, he's going to be um, a very good quarterback in the NFL.
0: Fair enough. Obviously, I, I don't watch a lot of college football, but I did watch both the games um, when, when I could outside of New Year's Eve events, obviously. Um, yeah, but yeah, it's one of those you know you going into it. Even though I don't watch a lot, you you still know how good Georgia's defense is, and yeah. you just see him do that against them. Obviously, very impressive. Um, it was very impressive. Yeah. yeah, if I'm honest, he's not he's not
1: showed as much as he did than he has against Georgia. So like maybe he's just not had to show it. Maybe sometimes that's you 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 go up against certain teams and you don't have to show. Like how he how he created plays from outside the pocket. So when he when he was asked to move and and throw on the run, he was exceptional against Georgia. And he's not had to really do that much this year because the pocket's been so good. So maybe that's a sign of other things that he's got to his belt that maybe you haven't quite seen. Pro days and stuff will break it down. But obviously he played against Georgia. Young played against Kansas State this weekend but still put up five touchdowns so it was like a walk in the park for Bryce Young as well so both are going to be exceptional quarterbacks but I just think Bryce Young will probably pip it.
0: Fair enough um, On to the Chiefs and the Broncos um, <laughs> Russell Wilson seems to have found his team that he likes playing against um, And uh, but I guess luckily for him he'll play them twice a year for the next five years because there's no way the Broncos are dumping that contract. Um, yeah exactly this is the one thing. He, they still lost, though. Obviously, it's been an awful season for the Broncos. There seems to be some kind of support for Russell Wilson at the moment, which I guess is good. Um, Talks about getting Jim Harbaugh in as uh the head coach. I guess that could work. I really don't have a clue what this team looks like going forward. I guess it's, you know... On the bright side, they've competed in both games against the Chiefs, who are absolutely one of the favourites for the AFC, if not the Super Bowl. Um, I mean, did you see much from this game, this, you know, for any positives going forward for Denver?
1: Um, I think so. I think the, the firing of Hackett has kind of rejuvenated some of the locker room. I think that there was obviously something not quite right in that locker room with the players um, and the coaching staff. Um, personally. I think that a lot obviously gets put on Russell Wilson's shoulders and in the press because there's been so much talk about him and how much he's regressed this year. But I think that's also been down to a very, very poor coaching staff. I think Hackett's just been dreadful as a head coach. Um, so I think that the room from optimism is that he's gone. So they they need to fix Russell Wilson next year, depending on kind of what guy they get in. Um, personally, I think someone like Jim Harbaugh would probably be a very good Person to kind of get for them. They've still got good pieces. Obviously, you have got good wide receivers. Um, great defense, really. Um, I know they've missed a couple of players and couple of players on IR. But when they get all their players back, I think the, the um, defensive coach there has, has done a really good job. Obviously, when new head coaches come, they normally bring their own guys. So he might be one to watch for getting another DC job somewhere else. Um, but Kansas City, to be honest, they look like they just did it in second gear and then oh shit, Denver, Denver are catching us up here. Oh, oh my god, we're losing to Denver. Let's let's up it. And Mahomes is just different strawberries, and he's like one of them is just a cheat code. So when they when he needed to, he just put his foot on the accelerator and they just plowed really through the the um the Denver D when needed. So yeah, it was um it's one of them ones where I don't know if you can take much out of it because Kansas City really kind of just went. They kind of did it in second gear and they still won. So do you do you put much emphasis on how well Denver played or how badly Kansas City played? I just think it was one of them games that because there's not much riding on it, just maybe a little bit of pride. I know Kansas City are still in, involved in the first season, not going to lose, but maybe they just kind of probably with Kansas City is they kind of underestimate their opposition sometime. Obviously, they went in, lost to the Colts this year. They they Like Houston, really, really took close. I just think that they get a little bit complacent and kind of maybe they beat themselves in some respects. So they might they'll obviously watch that when they get to the playoffs. But in season, they kind of just look like they do everything in second gear.
0: Yeah, and there's also been a lot of talk in terms of the um, Broncos' coaching search. Maybe getting in Brian Schottenheimer as the offensive coordinator, that obviously had a lot of success with Wilson in Seattle. Do you think that is? the solution here or is it a bit more complicated than that?
1: I think it's a little bit more complicated than that. I think that it's Wilson is he's never been sort of like one of the guys that completes short to uh, intermediate routes looks down the centre of the field. He's always been sort of like because he's had bad offensive lines I guess. He's always been kind of like a scrambler make plays on the run. He's a great thrower of the ball on the run um and he he likes to drop it far and wide shall we say he doesn't really play the inside of the field much so i don't know if it's a coaching standpoint what they're going to try and do in regards to maybe cuz we always say about other coaches harnessing quarterbacks talents i don't think hackett did like and we talk about lamar jackson like even like dabble's done with jones and like you you see quarterbacks that have had bad experiences and, and haven't looked good and it's mainly down to the coaching stuff, not using them in the way that they really need to be used. And then it's so, it only takes a coach to say, right, this is the way we're playing. We're going to play to Wilson's strengths rather than ask him to do too much or ask him to do st- stuff that he's not quite as comfortable doing. Then all of a sudden it, it, it will open up Wilson's game. And like you said, they're in, they're in so deep with him financially that you've got to try and make it work. So the key to the Broncos this offseason is just trying to find someone that can... Kind of fixing him in some ways, but but have an offense built around what Russell Wilson does as his strong points, rather than just trying to make Russell Wilson fit in with the scheme that they want to play. So you kind of got to mold around Wilson, maybe like get some speed guys, or at least get some, uh, maybe some centers and and a couple of guards that are going to be able to stop him getting pressure in the middle. And then all of a sudden, you might be able to you might be able to play them deep balls and etc. And they haven't really had a run game this year because obviously John Williams went down so early on that's obviously not helped because Russell Wilson has always been reliant on it so we shall see with him but I think that with Denver it's the, the coaching the coaching appointment will be key definitely
0: yeah I mean it definitely seemed like the Broncos the previous Broncos regime hired nathaniel hackett with the thought process of well we're going to trade for aaron Rodgers, so clearly hackett is a good guy to get in as the head coach <laughs> didn't work yeah. out oh okay um who else is available oh let's go for Russell wilson um and now i guess the logical solution is okay well we've got that quarterback let's go and get the coach that works with him because yeah. i mean, he's clearly been uncomfortable all year there's reports of him using the seahawks Audible language at the at the line of scrimmage, which obviously is just a complete disaster. Um, but yeah, and hopefully it does work out for him. I, I I am still a fan of Russell. I know I'm, I'm very much in the minor- minority at this point, um, but it, he's definitely a character, and I do enjoy his press conferences. And I and I do hope to see him in the league for at least the remainder of this enormous contract. Yeah. And moving on to the Dolphins and the Patriots here. Massive game for playoff implications. The Patriots managed to play them and win it. Obviously, Dolphins with more and more quarterback trouble. Um, obviously, the, season, the further the season goes on, seemingly the more problems they run into. Um, Teddy Bridgewater had to leave this game with what I believe was a broken finger. Um, and yep. Skylar Thompson came back in for his... Uh, Not his first appearance of the season. But, yeah, obviously wasn't quite enough for the Dolphins. They were still close there, but the Patriots just about managed to go ahead and win it. Um, What did this game sort of signify to you, Ash, going into next week? Obviously, they're both 8-8. Both still got a chance of making the playoffs. Did did this game mean anything to you in terms of indicating a favourite?
1: Um... Well, New England obviously next week they got Buffalo, so this can just be a really hard game. But they put themselves in a situation where even maybe Patriots fans didn't think they'd be in, where they're they're winning in kind of in some respects. Um, if they beat Buffalo next week, Miami are a team that are just they've imploded, haven't they? They've since since kind of they I mean they lost what is it five in a row or something? They said now, so it's it, it's got a bit it's got a bit chaotic with them. Um, mainly because of the quarterback position there's just no been real sort of continuity as such with with any of that on uh, sort of leading the line and even in some respects at at the rushing point where you've had Josh Wilson come in and come out and then you've had most of go in and go out with it, with an injury so you've kind of not had everything ticking on all cylinders on offense defensively they just haven't managed to turn the ball over that's miami's problem and that's why New england kind of won this this game, in some respects, uh, the defense just turned up more. And um, I think that offensively they were kind of kind of quite comparable, really. They had a couple of lucky plays, New England's with with big time targets down the end of the field. And Miami just haven't been able to really turn the ball over recently. So that's another reason why they've kind of been dropping these dropping these big games because the defence haven't really been doing much. So they're relying on quarterbacks that haven't really been. They're not, they're not really good enough to win it. Um, I know two has obviously only been out for a, a little bit of that, but they, they're just not kind of the same at the moment. Um, Miami, I don't, can't quite put my finger on everything, but I think it's more down defensively than it is offensively because you still got Waddle and Tyreek Hill that have just been putting up yards for fun. So, But that New England defence, that's I think that was five in a row, six in a row with defensive touchdowns. It's been one of the turnover teams of the season. They've been amazing on defence. So if they're going to get there... And they beat Buffalo, it will be down to that defense because offensively, Mac Jones was okay, but they still don't really look like much offensively. It's just down to that defense of how well they've been playing.
0: Yeah, i be mean, interested. I assume they will have to beat Buffalo, is that tough thing? Um, yeah. Because I think if they, I believe I'm right in saying if they lose, there is no possible way of them making it in. Yeah. No. Obviously, one of the Titans or Jags would have to win. Um, and that that would mean one of those is eight and nine, as well as the Patriots. It, it, all very complicated tiebreaker stuff that I, to be honest, I haven't fully looked into. Um, but obviously, the, the situation, the scenario of what if every eight and eight team loses, is an interesting one, um, at least to think about. Um, moving on to a team that has very much secured their playoff berth, um, the New York Giants, with a very comfortable win over the Colts this week. Um, it's quite nice, Ash, that our teams are sort of linked in that way. We've both <coughs> beaten the Colts to secure the playoff berth. And uh, mm-hmm. now, heading into the playoffs, with the opportunity to rest the starters against the Eagles, um, I'm kind of hoping we don't, partly because I, I, I just don't think that turns out well for anyone when they do rest the starters. And I and obviously, you don't want to risk injuries, but I, I, I just... I, I don't like resting the starters against anyone. I'd also like to take the number one seed off the Eagles. Um, that's something I I really do hope. they. That's part of why I'm hoping they play the full strength. Um, obviously, heading into playoffs, number six seed, currently looking at a rematch with the Vikings, which I'm pretty happy with, to be honest. Mm-hmm. The only problem is, once we do beat the Vikings, which is obviously going to happen, um it is then the eagles or the, the niners in the next round and those are two very good teams who i don't think we're just anywhere near being able to beat i don't know hopefully i'm proven wrong um but yeah i i'm looking forward to the playoffs it's been been far too long and the vikings are a beatable team as showcased this week um but yeah i i, I that's the thing it was very close against the vikings last time out And they've just been destroyed by the Packers. Hopefully confidence is low and we can go in and nick one off them. Um, I don't know if if you're feeling um, the same as me, Ash, if I'm being too overconfident here. But, you know, good win for the Giants. I feel like I've got good reasons to be optimistic right now.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's been one of them seasons where even most Giants fans thought that we're not really going to be in contention, especially with how Daniel Jones has looked pre in previous years. This season, I think he's been excellent. I think that they regret not taking off that f- fifth-year option, but um, it's going to be interesting to see it, what sort of contract gets offered to Daniel Jones, because they're in a situation where they're not going to get a quarterback at the moment in the position they're in, um, unless one falls dramatically that they're going to like. But they're not going to get much better than what they've got at the moment. And I think that, obviously, if they can get Saquon going um, and players like Dexter Lawrence and though still keep doing what they're doing, because I thought both of them players were excellent in the weekend.
0: Yeah, um, and obviously... There's
1: always a chance. If you're going to see win in there a couple of years ago, they they didn't really look like they were going to do much. It ended up turning over Bolt. More ended up turning over everybody else ended up getting to the AFC championship game you're thinking this is Tennessee they were like eight and eight they weren't even that good so that if you're in amongst it in the playoffs you anything can happen on any given day because if teams don't turn up we've seen it before they just get they get beat and you're like oh my god how did that happen Look, the Colts beat the Chiefs this year like it can happen teams can beat anyone but obviously New York Giants at the moment they're just they're in they're kind of like what are we as a as a team getting an identity? And I think that if they can get back to running it with Jones and Saquon like they did this weekend, and 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 be stout on D, which they are doing. I mean, I know it's against the Colts, which they look they're like the Cardinals, aren't they? There's like, so much turmoil. Um, the quarterback carousel there is just hilarious. Um, but and we shall see what they do as a, with their head coach, but back To the new giants, yeah. If there, there's always a chance, and as long as you're in amongst it, then you've always got a chance in the NFL,
0: yeah. So, the current talk that we're hearing in regards to Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley is they the ownership wants to offer both of them multiple year contracts. Other than that, nothing specific, specific has been mentioned. Um, I, I definitely think they've both deserved it. Um, hopefully. We can secure them both for at least the next two years. I I think a two a two year contract would be about right for Jones. He's obviously had a great season, but he hasn't. He's still not a well beater, and that's the thing is there's still a lot more evidence of him playing poorly than there is of him playing well. Obviously, you expect him to get better as time goes on, but I said there definitely shouldn't be any five year contracts being handed out or anything to him. Um. And obviously, with regards to the defense, they played really well. Uh, nice to have is Xavier McKinney back, although he, he wasn't necessarily featured that much. Landon Collins returned pick six. I mean, I felt like I was back in 2016 at the Twickenham, watching Giants Rams and watching Landon Collins return the pick six. There, it's absolute. I, I mean, honestly, the comparisons to the 2016 season. Um, I hope they stop there, to be honest, and we don't see the receivers off in a boat in Miami next week. <laughs> and uh, and uh, yeah. it's all going to be fine, and we're all going to go through in the playoffs. Um, but yeah, Dexter Lawrence absolutely pancaking Quentin Nelson, which I know the Colts offensive line hasn't been what it has been in previous years this season, but that's still a very impressive feat. Obviously, the clip's been going around of Kayvon Thibodeau, um Sort of looking like he's celebrating injury, Nick Foles. Um, I don't know. We, what did you make of that, Ash?
1: I hope he, that he didn't know that that was what the situation was. Um, obviously, there was a little bit on the sideline as well, where he did a little bit. Um, but hopefully, it was it's nothing too sinister for him. It wasn't like he was like bad, like... <laughs> Being really, really horrible in some respects. Um, but I mean, I, I personally think, like you said, with with the Giants, it'd be interesting to see what they do if they offer. If they do offer Daniel Jones a two year deal, if if it's money Daniel Jones wants, or if it's longevity. So if you think it's a two year deal, it might have to be quite, quite juicy in regards to the amount of money they are going to offer him a year. Maybe something like twenty five a year will maybe get him to stay. Um, but anything maybe less than that, especially if you're only offering him a two-year deal, we might be able to find something better somewhere else. Just depends how much of a how much of a relationship he's built up with Dabo to be able to say actually I'd I'd rather just stay here. Um, but we sh- we'll, we'll see about that. I thought I'd say Hodgins has come come out of nowhere as well. He, I knew him from Oregon State when when they were playing Buffalo, drafted him. I thought he was going to be a good player, but what he's been doing in New York has just been outstanding in the last six games.
0: Yeah, it's pretty incredible what he's been able to do with such little to to offer in the receiving <laughs> core. Um, and obviously, I really do hope that he does stay on and continue to grow with Dayball because this is the thing, right? Is he's looked complete like a completely different player under Dayball this year, and obviously, Kafka, his yeah. offensive coordinator, would have had a massive part in that as well. Um, and that's like. You've, he's, he's had, you know, four years before, or three, sorry, three years building up to this, where he hasn't looked great, and there's such a massive improvement with this coaching staff. I just think, from his perspective, for his career, I think it would be mad to leave, and especially if they do end up yeah. winning a playoff game. Um, I, I don't think you can sort of move on from your quarterback if you if that does end up happening. Yeah, sure. So on to the Eagles aforementioned. Um, the reason why I'm so excited for this week eighteen game, um, because they lost to the Saints twenty to ten. It's um incredible result from the Saints, who thought they were playing for the division title. Unfortunately uh, for them the Bucks were able to seal that up. Um but yeah, the Eagles without Jalen Hurts, Gardner ministry starting the offense starting at quarterback. Um, and they didn't look anywhere near the same. There's a lot of talk about how good this Eagle team is around Jalen Hurts, and obviously, you know, if you wanted to make a direct comparison, you can look to the 49ers, who have had to go to their third-choice quarterback this season, <coughs> and they still look just as good as they as they did at the start. Um, whereas the Eagles, they've had mm-hmm. to go to Minshew, and it's complete drop-off in performance. Are the Eagles as good as we thought they were?
1: I think that the problem with the Eagles is that they're very, they're very one-dimensional in the fact that they need Jalen Hurts to be able to operate sort of a play action and and that sort of regards with the run. Because obviously, I don't know if you saw a couple of bits this weekend, the, the New Orleans pass rush and the front line never needed to worry about if Minshew tucked the ball and ran. So they never worried about... When you've got Jalen Hurts that can run as quick as he can and is as big as he and not big as in size, but he is as a run if he was a running back, he's a big he's a big running back. So and he's so good at running the ball, the Saints never needed to worry with Minshew about having a player on the edge or another guy a little bit deeper to watch out for if Jalen Hurts tucks it and does a run. They didn't have to worry about that with Minshew. So what happens with the identity of Philadelphia is if you haven't got to worry or you don't even worry about setting the edge for the for that play action for the run, then it then it, you kind of lose the. There's no element of surprise in some respects because you know Minshew's never going to tuck it and run. You know Jalen Hurts can do it, so you you you're always oh we're going to have to make sure there's an extra guy out there for the tackle or whatever or a spy. Whereas with Minshew, it's just like well, he's never going to run it. It's either going to be he's either going to give it to Sanders or he's going to hold it and then try and throw. So you never have to worry about it. So it kind of it kind of kills Philly in some respects because you know what they are with Hurts, and you know what they aren't as well. So it's it it was just it's one of them ones where New Orleans are, are a savvy team. It's not like you're coming up against a team that that can't be bothered or has just got no real need for anything. That They were still playing for something. And the New Orleans are a well-coached team still, even though Payton's not there. They're still a well-organised, established team. They're kind of like Pittsburgh Steelers and them sort of teams where you kind of know you're going to be in a game with New Orleans. And they're just able to sniff out what Philadelphia do best. And, and they never really looked in it at all, Philadelphia. like I think at the time of possession they hardly had. And they, they just couldn't establish anything on offence Philadelphia. So they were OK on D. There's nothing wrong with them on defence because they didn't really do much New Orleans. Um, but it was just offensively. You just you just don't need to worry about certain things where Minshew's there and Hurts isn't. And they were just so one-dimensional. It was just kind of like you can't really tell early on that this was going to be a real struggle for them.
0: Yeah, it's going to be interesting next week to see what happens if Hurts is healthy. Um if not, then who knows? Maybe the Giants' second team could beat them. <laughs> it's uh yeah. really up in the air. I it's going to be a fascinating game, and obviously, I'm really hoping the Giants can knock them off and make sure make sure give the Niners that one seed. Because to be <laughs> honest, I, the the only problem with giving the Niners the one seed, though, obviously, is that if the Giants were to win against the Vikings, you are basically guaranteed to play the Niners in the next round. And I think the Niners are too good a team. For us to get anywhere near them. So who knows? I I but obviously anything to stop the Eagles winning is um what we have to do, and yeah, I'm absolutely happy to do that. <laughs> so moving on to the NFC South, um the division deciding game where the Bucks I mean they didn't they looked really poor to start off with. I was generally thinking the Panthers had a chance to cause a massive upset. And send the whole division into disarray going into week eighteen. Um, but I guess somewhat unfortunately for the drama of the last week, but you know, obviously very fortunately for Bucks fans. Um the Tom Brady to Mike Evans connection was working like an absolute charm. Two hundred and seven yards, three touchdowns. I mean, this was just an incredible performance by the two of them. And they did it the same way every single time, really, didn't they? Yeah. Yeah, I mean
1: Mike just Evans could is- stop it. Yeah, they, Mike Evans has got – he's just got one of their the, – when he plays against Carolina, they just seem to – he just seems to dominate. He's got su- such a good record against Carolina. Um, and for him to go – I think this is is his eighth or his ninth. I don't want to discredit him if it is his ninth, but I'm pretty sure it's like eight or nine seasons now of over a 1,000 yards. And to do that consistently in the NFL takes some doing because you know it's like injuries, poor performances, etc. To go over a 1,000 yards for that many seasons is unbelievable. And um, I know Evans isn't the darling of most people's, like they don't really put him maybe in the top 15 of their wide receivers or any he, he's either boom or bust when you're like a fantasy player and he's never taken that hype. but he consistently puts up points um, and fair play to him. I mean, Tampa, they've kind of stumbled to 8-8. Eight and eight. I don't really quite know how they've done it. Um, defensively, they haven't been at the races at all. But they they seem to get it together at the right time. And I think Tampa like the season that they won it, they weren't looking particularly good. Then they went on that really win that big winning streak. But it'd be interesting to see if they do play against either maybe the Packers or the Lions. You could still see them being maybe favourites for that game. So Tampa is still sneaky, a sneaky team to do what what they are capable of, because we have seen it before with them and they got the players to do it. But good good fight from Carolina. Uh, Donald played well, really well, actually. He put himself in the in uh, in and amongst one of them free agencies. Maybe someone's going to take him. I think he's, I know he's a free agent this year, so um, he might be in the running for another team. Say if the team's looking for a backup or that they, just, they didn't get quite get someone in the draft, um, that he he's done enough maybe to put himself in the shot window. But um, yeah, Carolina close, but no cigar, and Tampa look like they're they're going to be one of them annoying teams in, in these playoffs where no one's really going to want to play Tampa, even though they're not playing particularly well at the moment.
0: Yeah. Especially when, you know, obviously you can never underestimate the power of a home playoff game. Um, it, I believe So the the Buccaneers <laughs> are locked into the four seed now and they will play either the Cowboys or the Eagles. Um, yeah, I, I don't fancy them against either of those, but at the same time at home could cause an upset. You never know with these sort of things. Yeah. Um, but obviously that is you know, the the way the NFL is built where the division winners get the home playoff game. Hopefully, yeah. fingers crossed they can knock off whichever whichever one of those two they do end up playing. Yeah. And on to the Browns at the Commanders, the last <clears throat> NFC's team to cover, the final one who have officially been eliminated from the playoffs now, thanks to a twenty four ten loss to the Voldemort led Cleveland Browns. Um Amari Cooper had a massive game here. This truly like it's it's a very strange game here, to be honest, because the Browns offense did not play that well, but they had a couple of massive plays, which meant that both Nick Chubb and Amari Cooper ended up with a hundred plus yards. And they ended up actually winning quite comfortably, I guess, mainly thanks to Carson Wentz throwing three interceptions, two in the first quarter. Um, but yeah, it's a, obviously a pretty comfortable win. Pretty dire performance from the commanders. Um interesting decision to play Wentz in this game. Um, would you have done the same, Ash? Is that like is that a decision you you thought was wise putting Wentz back in?
1: No, personally. Um, I thought that I mean, I, I'm not a map I'm not a huge fan of Ron Rivera as a coach. I think that he's he's he seems all right as a for a player personnel standpoint as in like you want to play for him but tactically um and just just doesn't seem to be quite i think he was so heavily reliant on cam newton when he was at carolina that i think that quite a few coaches would have gotten where they got him. but i just think that this thing this tenor at washington has just come to a an almighty crash I, I can see him being gone in the summer um when they do their coaching changes um, on Black Monday, I think that it's going to happen. I think that Washington kind of need a new, a new start at quarterback and at coach. Um, I would have played Heineke. I would have I just kept him. In. I think they just got more of a, more of a shot. Um, just with what I've seen from him, I know they the results haven't been going as well. Um, but I just think that's just down to, in some respects, coaching point of view. I just don't think they they've been doing that much offensively, defensively, and they've had a little bit of bad luck. But uh, again, he's when the, the decision to put Wentz in, I mean, that third interception was just crazy bad. Like, I don't even know what he was looking at. Um, so, yeah, I mean, personally, I, I I think that they they should have been out of it a long time ago. I'm s- still shocked that they were even in contention up until this point. Um, but Cleveland kind of just... They're one of them teams, they'll grind you down. They've got the players like Garrett, Chubb, Watson, once he can work out what's going on um, still. I mean, nine completions for three touchdowns, just crazy. Like, I don't quite know how Watson, he's not been playing that well at the moment and they've still been managing to grind wins out. But I think that's just down to the run game and and that defence has been turning the ball over with Garrett and stuff. So, but yeah, it'd be interesting to see what both these two teams do summer-wise. Um, Cleveland, obviously, they've got most of the pieces there. It's just a case of building on what they've got. Maybe getting another wide receiver. Obviously, Watson likes speed, so maybe that's something they're going to look at in this in the off season. And Washington, they kind of need need to reboot, new coach, new quarterback, and go from there.
0: Yeah, do it's so do you think he's looking starting to look a little bit more comfortable, Voldemort? Is he sort of starting to settle in that offense?
1: <laughs> I don't, I, yeah, I mean, it's obviously this for him at the moment is preseason, really, because obviously yeah. he wasn't he wasn't even allowed the playbook until week twelve. So he's kind of still learning on the job. Um, I still don't know if if it's a match made in heaven as such, um, coaching wise to what Watson's used to. Obviously, Watson's used to be now able to sort of make decisions on the line of scribbage and, and kind of make things happen where they're very set in their ways, Cleveland, with what they want to do offensively. Um, they've all, they're kind of target um. Target Mari Cooper and and but mainly run the ball with Chubb. So, um, I know he used to target, um, Hopkins a lot when they were together. Um, but they also still had the speed guy Will Fuller. So that's something I think that they would definitely look to address, in the off season. But I think that this off season, having having a full year, um, under his belt, Cleveland could be right in amongst it. But that's a that's a real strong division with obviously Burrow, Lamar Jackson, and. Pittsburgh with the coaching stuff that they've got. They're still grinding um, wins out. So it'd be a tough room still, Cleveland, because they're not exactly one of the teams you really want to root for. Um, But they've got all the pieces there to be able to be a serious contender next year.
0: Moving on to probably the game of the week um, and the game that ended up costing me one of my fantasy football championships, unfortunately. Um, 37-34 to the Niners in overtime over the Jarrett Stidham led las, las vegas raiders um still feels, feels strange to say i mean nothing like what we saw from him in new england it was truly an incredible performance from stidham and obviously brock purdy on the other sideline. line he's also just pretty much just come into the offense i mean it, how obviously josh mcdaniels and kyle shanahan are two of the great offensive minds in the league at the moment is that just part of the, I guess that's most of the reason why these guys have just come in and they've been able to build an offense that they know these guys can come straight into and perform Is that what this is or are these guys exceptional talents i I, I feel kind of hard to judge it I, I feel like it's got to be mainly down to coaching here, right because obviously we've seen other cases where they've had nowhere near as much success.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that it comes down to a, f- a, a few things in some respects. I think the element of surprise with Jared Stidham was one thing that helped. Obviously, San Francisco were building up for it to be Derek Carr. You've got tape on Carr, you haven't really got much on Stidham, and maybe a little bit of complacency. Whereas the fact that thinking we're playing, we're playing a Jared Stidham-led <laughs> Vegas Raiders, like we, we should turn these guys over, it shouldn't be a problem. And then kind of got shocked a little bit with how well he played. Um, Design play was great. The use of the two guys. I mean, Devontae Adams, if you've got Devontae Adams as a wide receiver, you can't help but be putting up stats and yardage. The guy's insane. Some of the catches he made in that game was unbelievable. The last one for the Raiders to tie the game was just just stupid how well he caught that. So I think that that's one respect that Stidham was he just kind of shocked everybody with how well he played because he did play well I'm not saying he didn't he isn't a talent but I think that everyone was kind of like shocked with how well he played I don't think that's includes San Francisco because I think that they were just a little bit complacent and they haven't had tape on him to see what kind of a player he is and maybe they were thinking they're gonna run the ball a lot because Jacobs have been doing it they've been smashing it with Jacobs why wouldn't they and then all of a sudden they've been they've run that play action with Stidham and the balls to Waller and, and, and Adams, they just paid off. In regards to San Francisco, I think that he's been in, he's obviously Mr. Irrelevant, but he was he was put in a position where he just needs to kind of be a game manager in some respects. I'm not saying that he has been a game manager, but he doesn't need to go out and kind of win the game for them as such because they haven't, their defence has been so good up until, up until this game which was the Las Vegas game. Up until this game, he just needs to just not be bad, purely because his stat lines aren't like, oh, he's been throwing it into tight windows or anything like that. They've schematically opened everything up for him. They've got Christian McCaffrey. They've got George Kittle, for God's sake. Like Brandon O'Hook's been absolutely a world beater since Debo's gone down. So they've got the players. So it's hard not to be good in that offense in some respects. Then they played Las Vegas, who that to put up 34 points against San Francisco D is just insane because no one's been able to do that the last sort of seven, eight, nine weeks. And I think the element of shock came in. I think what helped Purdy come back and win that game, which they actually, he actually needed to kind of do, whereas the last few weeks, he's not really needed to put the team on his back. I think it helped that the Vegas D and especially their secondary isn't great. So it kind of, inflated the stat line as such. I'm not putting anything against these two players. I think they both play very well and they're very good guys and they're very good quarterbacks. But I think that to go over and above to say these two are going to be starters in the NFL come next year, they're, they're what what talents they are, you kind of need to dole down that. I think that these are two well-coached teams, like you said. And I think that in regards to Vegas and Stidham's stat line, I think that San Francisco, would just would they just weren't, an element of surprise, and they weren't expecting the much play action and the, the lack of rushing really from Las Vegas. And then on Brock Purdy's side, I think that he's never really had to put up big stat lines or try and win the game. And I think that it kind of helped that the Vegas defense isn't amazing that you can kind of do that with. And he's got the weapons. I mean, Christian McCaffrey was outrageous, Brandon Oak was outrageous, and George Kittle was outrageous. So it does help when you have players like that.
0: I thought it was quite impressive the amount of faith McDaniels had in Stidham to allow him to throw that many times. I mean, because yeah. he threw the ball 34 times, right? Yeah. You could, you know, the combined carries between Jacobs and Bolden only amounted yeah. to 25. Like, they, it's not as if they just ran the ball into the ground and said, okay, Stidham, you're mm-hmm. just there to hand the ball off. They, they absolutely put their faith in him. And to be fair, to, like, obviously, you know, the 49ers, like you mentioned, might not have been expecting that. But at the same time, you still got to deliver against a very good defense. And he's exactly, yeah. impressed on days De- well, I guess Raider's debut. He has, of course, played for the last. <laughs> but um yeah, he just looked like a completely different player. That's really incredible. Yeah. On to um some other quarterbacks who didn't have quite as good a performance. Um Mike White and Geno Smith heavily disappointed in the Jets Seahawks matchup. Um, Seahawks keep keep their playoff hopes alive as they end the Jets um, seven and nine now for New York. The, the only real impact they're going to have on the playoffs now is if they can beat Miami to keep them out. Um, and obviously, the Seahawks, if they win and the Packers lose, then they are into the playoffs as well to probably play. Well, it, it could be any of the Eagles, Cowboys, Niners, or Vikings. Um, I can't see them beating any of those teams, but I guess it would be at least interesting somewhat to see them in there. Um, but yeah, not a great performance from either team particularly. Defensively, a very good Seahawks performance. Um, it's interesting, obviously, both these teams have a candidate for offensive and r- defensive rookie of the year, um, Respectively. Mm-hmm. Did you see much from any of those guys? How? Because obviously we didn't see much of Garrett Wilson, but I thought Source Gardner had a decent game. Kenneth Walker looked alright, and then obviously um, Tariq Woolen. I, I I don't I don't think we saw much of him either. So I don't know. What did you make of those four guys across this game?
1: I mean, they. Put- I'm willing that if it's been one of them ones where you could argue either of these guys would be a very good defensive rookie of the year candidate, um, and a lot of teams because they played so well, they've not thrown their way, um, which you did see quite a bit of um, in in this game where there was just that there's if you start throwing it towards that side of the field, it just wasn't getting completed. So in some respects, they just weren't bothering. So you had a lot a lot of the um, the movement of the ball was down to the tight end position, especially like uh, Conklin had a put up a half decent game. And then you had um, Van Parkinson um, and one of the other guys, because Metcalf Lockett didn't really do an awful lot. It was mainly down to the running of Kenneth Murray and uh, sorry, Kenneth Walker and, and the tight ends. Um, and then offensively Garrett Wilson putting up a thousand yards this year as a rookie is, is highly impressive, especially with the turnover at quarterback. So you, you, think about what he could do when he actually gets a quarterback that is with him all year. Um, and they're all both on the same page where he's, I mean, he's had Mike White, he's had Zach Wilson, he's had Joe Flacco. Like he's done so well to put up a thousand yards with that much of a turnover quarterback. So he's had a great year. Um, and Kenneth Walker looks the real deal to me. I think that he he's, um, he's going to be one of them guys that will be taken higher in rookie drafts come next year. He looks like the bell cow. Um, and he, how he hits space um, and the speed he can hit space is a little bit Jonathan Taylor-esque in some respects. Um, So, yeah, I mean, I think he's going to be. And and Seattle have always loved that sort of hard, hard hard-nosed runner um, in that power scheme that they like to play. I think, to be fair to both these teams, in some respect, they didn't really expect to be in it. Um, Especially this late in the season, Jets kind of tailed off and it's kind of killed them a little bit, maybe from the quarterback play, why they've not made the playoffs, because defensively they've been great. And then Seattle, everyone expected any other team other than Seattle to be in the mix. I mean, everyone thought the Rams would still be there. Cardinals have got a chance. Seattle will be one of them ones. Oh, they'd be picking in the top five. They've got rid of Russell Wilson. Nothing's going to happen. And what they've done to be eight and eight going into the final weekend of the season with Geno Smith at quarterback to be in the chance with the playoffs is nothing short of miraculous. So what P. Carroll and the coaching staff have done there and the players as well, um, should be they've they've got a lot of credit for that. So um, yeah, Seattle will look like I, I think they will beat the Rams at the weekend and then kind of knocks the Lions out of it. So then it's kind of, if the Lions can beat the Packers, and then I think everyone, everyone has a neutral hope that maybe the Lions can beat the Packers because Packers are always in it and it'd be nice to see the Lions do something good for a change.
0: Oh, that's a bit odd. On to the, uh, well, so in regards to the Jets quarterback situation, I don't think they can stick with Mike White for next year. They definitely can't stick with Zach Wilson, but they have got a pretty good team Around, you, um, could you see them making a move for Derek Carr?
1: Yeah, there's talk with Carr. I think that that's a strong possibility. I could also, obviously, uh, Robert Sala, obviously with his San Francisco connections, there could be a strong possibility that they could go after someone like um, Jimmy Garoppolo um, in the off season if that's something that they want to address. So they kind of don't really. They-, they just kind of need someone that's not going to be turning the ball over as much. Like New York at the moment just they just not looked after the ball offensively. They've just been giving far too much up. They're gonna get Bryce uh Reece Hall back as well. So they've kind of got a run game that Garoppolo uh, leading to what Garoppolo can do. And he's got the players there um that would be out of help. So that would be an interesting one. Um, but yeah, Derek Carr is definitely one that if I was the Jets, I would probably be pursuing that because it would kind of put him in the mix with kind of like two uh um, I think obviously Josh Allen's the league part of that one, but it would definitely put him in the Mac Jones tour and, and Derek Carr category. They would kind of be fighting that out for the second best QB in that that div. So yeah, definitely be something I'd look at, but I wouldn't put it past maybe someone like Garoppolo. Um, or even if, say, Tennessee want to get rid of Tannehill, there's there's a change somewhere like that, that there's another player like Tannehill that would be more than capable enough to
0: take this Jets team to the playoffs. Yeah. So it'll be an interesting situation to look at moving forward. Uh, <laughs> you mentioned the Packers just there. They The reason why they're in playoff contention, a massive 41-17 win, just pretty much a thrashing of the Vikings to the point that the Vikings sat all their starters because they knew there was no hope of coming back. It was um, pretty... I. I, I this is the thing. I don't remember a team that's twelve and four getting beaten this badly right at the end of the season. You always think, you know, going into playoffs strong, and the, and they couldn't really be going in much weaker. The Vikings, um, obviously pretty good situation for the Giants. They will have a chance, obviously, next week. The Vikings to somewhat redeem themselves against the Bears. You'd imagine they probably will be starting a full lineup with the chance of the two and one seed still available. Um, but yeah, it's not looking good for them going into that game. But uh, yeah, I, it, is, this, is this the real Vikings team that we've been sort of waiting for to show up? Because obviously we've made comments about, you know, they're 12 and four, but they don't feel like they should be at 12 and four. Is yeah. this who the Vikings really are? Yeah.
1: Um... No, I don't think it is who they really are. I think that uh, I think one thing that we can take away from it is Green Bay as an eight and eight record. They they aren't as bad as their record shows. I mean, Green Bay with the players they've got, the quarterback they've got, the coaching staff they've got, and the, the team that we've seen over the last few seasons, this team has been winning that division and winning it fairly comfortably. To be eight and eight, really, we've been looking at Green Bay as they're not as good as we think they are to be, actually this team to be able to put 41 up against Minnesota is really impressive they had a little bit of luck obviously they that hole for the uh, kick return was huge I mean off I think I would have run that in for the touchdown and that interception was outstanding how he took that back to the house um, and I think they kind of just got under Minnesota's skin Jefferson was not it just didn't look good with him at all um, how he just sort of went off the boil and Alexander just got completely under his skin. kind of reminded me of the Marshall and Lattimore-Evans thing where Lattimore gets under Evans' skin. He just can't play against them. And I think that he got under his skin so much, it knocked Jefferson. Um, they couldn't run the ball, Minnesota, and they couldn't get home defensively. Um, Rodgers kind of, even though he didn't put up a huge stat line, he he just, just didn't look like he was really in trouble that much, um, and they kind of picked him off. Um, but I think it's more of a, we we underestimated maybe Green Bay more than Minnesota. I mean, it doesn't look great for Minnesota and we know Minnesota can blow hot and cold. I mean, we've seen it with our own eyes with the Colts game where they were so so bad in the first half and then so good in the second. Um, But they need to try and find that consistency because if they take any sort of what they're taking at the moment in the last two or three games, if they take that into the playoffs, I, c- I can see they, they'd they be one and done. Um, So they ne- really need to sort of Find out who they are and quickly because uh, the playoffs coming thick and fast.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I, I, just one comment on that uh, Alexander gate performance. Obviously, uh, he had a great performance locking down Justin Jefferson pretty much whenever he was on him. Obviously, couldn't be on him the whole game. But I, I and I also really do respect the absolute balls on the man to perform the gritty after an incompletion. Like it was even an interception and you're a cornerback the next play you could just be getting torched for a touchdown it's like absolutely like the bravery to do that as a cornerback in the nfl absolute respect to and absolutely love to see it in a big rivalry game (laughs) and on to um i guess the game is kind of a rivalry um but i i I guess i don't know i have to get your opinion on this. Ash. um Chargers with a relatively comfortable thirty one ten win over the Rams in the shared building that is SoFi Stadium. Um technically a Chargers home game. But yeah, um uh-huh. e- e- Eckler with a great performance. Obviously <coughs> Mike Williams, we saw that incredible one handed catch and Justin yeah. Herbert turned up as well. It's you know pretty good performance, making you feel quite confident going into the playoffs.
1: Um I'm never that confident as a Charger fan, just because yeah, sure. I've seen it before and, and been disappointed for it. Um, obviously, this Rams team is a shadow of the team that it could have been, and we everyone thought it was going to be. We see injuries to Stafford, injuries to Donald, etc. That um, they're not really the same team. Um, concerned how well they ran the ball because Cam Akers still put up a nice stat line, um, but it's nice to see that defense, even though that their teams can run the ball on us. We are starting to turn the ball over a lot more than we have been. The last four or five weeks, we've been loads better than that. And we're getting healthier, which is another thing that's probably scaring the league a little bit because we have got the talent. We've got the talent in multiple positions. I mean, we had Bosa back this week. um, But it's one of them ones where I'm hoping that we're picking form up at the right time because it's been a real stop-start sort of season. We've had so many players out, obviously. Bose has been out 13 weeks. I think he got injured week three. Slate has been out since week three. We've had JC Jackson out all season. Uh Adam was out for eight weeks. Williams was out for four weeks. So we've had massive uh Derwin's still out with a concussion. He's been out for a little while as well. So like we've had massive injuries to to some of our big guns, and we're still sort of there and thereabouts. Um but it was one of them ones where it was kind of like we we beat the team in front of us that weren't playing that well, that weren't really in and amongst it um, quite convincingly, but it's it's not been that of convincing season. It's just hopefully we can kind of maybe, especially with the team getting healthier, if we can sort of start putting these wins down, the confidence builds. And, the, and we have got the players there, especially like, I think Morgan Fox has been outstanding for us. I think he's been one of the great free agent signings. Um, obviously, we've got Khalil Mack, Bosa's back. So if this defence can play like they have been for the last three weeks, I think they've been fir- ranked first in multiple areas other than against the run um, with turnovers and against the pass and stuff. If this team can carry this on, I don't think the team that are going to be... I think at the moment we'll be playing the AFC South. So I think at the moment we're the fifth seed now. So we've gone from not being in the playoffs two weeks ago to now being in the fifth seed. If, if we win against... Denver next week we lock that fifth seed up and then all of a sudden we're playing either Jacksonville who beat us convincingly this season already or Tennessee um, which obviously if they get Henry back and stuff will be a different kettle of fish than what the, the team we played a few weeks ago so we're still not comfortable but I don't think in the same respect I don't think anyone who's going to be seeded is going to be wanting to play the Chargers because I think that they've got the talent and the capable players to be able to to be able to win it to be fair it's just a case of Charges have always stood in their own way in some respects.
0: Yeah, it's really interesting that battle for the five seed that you'll have with the Ravens, obviously, next week. Um, You're obviously in prime position for that. All you need to do is beat the Broncos, or if the Ravens lose to the Bengals, I believe yeah. that will also yeah. secure that five seed for you, which would be great. for. You. I mean, because previously you would have been looking at probably playing the Bengals in the first round. That's a really tough game. Obviously, the Jaguars... I I understand you lost to them earlier in the season, but a very different point in the season for the Chargers. I think you're a very different team now. Getting those players back from injury really massively yeah. gonna help you. And yeah, i I I think if if it is Chargers, jaguars, I'd heavily fancy you in that game. Um it's just a question of in terms of the Bengals, do they have something to play for? Because obviously recording this ahead of Monday night football if the Bengals do lose tonight, they really don't have anything to play for next week and they Mm -hmm. could just roll over for the Ravens. So that would obviously mean you absolutely have to beat the Broncos. And I don't know. Obviously, the Broncos don't necessarily have anything to play for, but I'm sure they wouldn't mind uh, knocking you out of the five seed. uh...
1: Yeah, for sure. And last
0: game before we... Just wrap up and talk a little bit about Monday night football. We obviously had Sunday night football. Um, Steelers just about managed to get past the Ravens. Um, Kenny Pickett just seems to have a habit of putting out these I don't know these last minute drives where he wins the game for them. But but until that point, he doesn't really show anything. And so yeah. it's a very tough. It must be very tough to evaluate for Pittsburgh at this point to know whether he's good because he definitely seems to have that i I, excuse the cliche but clutch gene um where he he is at the end of the game getting a win for them and that's all they need you know another mike tomlin season where it looks like they've got a very good chance at finishing above 500 yes again um but yeah he's a great performance right at the end there nothing much up until then how are you evaluating Kenny Pickett and this ra- this Steelers offense at the moment? Ash?
1: Another year, obviously, it took him in the first round. They're not going to start swapping and changing anything now. Um, I think that you kind of it's his rookie year. You're going to get teething problems. Um, I wasn't. I didn't think that he'd be able to put up as good a performances as he's done in some games. And then, like you said, it's some games, he's just looked lost and, and it's not really looked like he's really an NFL starting caliber quarterback. But I think that being in Pittsburgh under Tomlin is just the perfect scenario for him being in his hometown. Obviously, he played there at college. He played in that stadium at college. Um, so his locker hasn't really changed much. So, for him to be in that scenario is great for him. And I think the development of him next year will be key. The second year is key. Obviously, you're going gonna to have tape on him more. So, defensively, you're going to be able to play against him better. But also, Pickett should be more experienced to be able to navigate through problems. So, next year is going to be this, the one for him. And to be fair to Pittsburgh, I didn't think they'd be 8 and 8 considering what they look like at the beginning of the year. So, to be turnover Baltimore, Baltimore just, they just, they're just sort of lost without Jackson. Um, and you can tell, kind of now, where they should have really given him that that long term contract because he kind of doesn't even really need to come back in some respects. If he's not, if he thinks that what's the point of coming back next week? We're kind of in the playoffs anyway. I don't want to risk it. I don't want to ruin anything. I'll just take more chances in the playoffs and see what I can do. Then you're going to have to offer me serious money when I do stuff in the playoffs. It's kind of going to be one of them ones where maybe Baltimore scratching their head and think. We've probably cost ourselves an extra 50, 60, 70 million more in in contracts because we haven't sewn this up quicker because they just look lost without Jackson there, to be honest. I mean, Andrews has been putting up okay stat lines, but offensively, they've had nothing. I think they said that one touchdown from a receiver since week three or week two, which is just crazy. So, yeah, they're they're just not the same really without Jackson at the helm.
0: Yeah, definitely setting up everything for an exciting final week of the season, um, but Before we do get to that, we've got the Bills and the Bengals tonight. Um, anything you're looking for in particular from tonight? Ash?
1: Um, I really hope that Joe Burrow outscored Mixon for a fantasy reasons. Um, and uh, to be honest, it's such a massive game fantasy wise because I know a lot of people they've got that they, these two teams have got so many players uh, that will be in fantasy sort of championship winning teams like. Joe Burrow, Josh Allen, Diggs, Chase, Higgins. I mean, the list goes on. Gabe Davis, like, mixed, like you said, there's so many players that are fancy, fancy, fantasy relevant for these two teams that they're going to be... So I'm hoping it's a really good high-scoring game. Um, I'm hoping that we see a lot of points put up by both teams and and it's a real sort of battle because you could see this as the AFC Championship game. It is, it's. It's got that calibre of sort of offensively especially it's got that caliber of sort of players that we everybody wants to see so hopefully for the nfl it will be a real a real game of, of hopefully over the festive periods when be one of them games that everyone kind of talks about um and then going into obviously the when it gets into the playoffs people will be kind of maybe looking at that as a as a possible rematch so if it's hopefully the first leg's anything to go by um, then hopefully we can we can see something really good tonight and then that'll push them on into the playoffs. But I think I think personally, Buffalo probably just got a little bit more. Um, I think that it's going to be harder for Cincinnati to be able to stop what Josh Allen does best than what Buffalo can do to stop Burrow. Um, but I still think that both these teams are very, very good teams and, and both within a shout of one, that one seed and two for the ASC Championship game.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And personally, I'm hoping for 58 points from Jamar Chase tonight. Um, for <laughs> a fantasy championship. I don't. I don't think I'm asking for too much. It's uh, perfectly reasonable. And but also, I, I, I really want to see the Bengals win tonight, just because going into that final week of the season, I'd really love it if all, the Chiefs, Bills, and Bengals all have a shot at the one seed. I think that would yeah. be really interesting. Just just giving them all something to play for, and just you know, all up in the air. Anyone can still get it. I think that would be really great going into the last week of the season. Just give yeah, us a bit cool. of extra spice. Yeah. So that's just about everything from us. Um, any parting thoughts from yourself, Ash?
1: Nothing from me this week. I hope everyone had a good Christmas and New Year and are looking forward to putting their fantasy seasons to bed and concentrating on watching full games and not Red Zone after the next week
0: absolutely i cannot wait for playoff football and not having to worry about fantasy to be honest it's it's far (laughs) too stressful especially at this time of year um yeah thanks for listening everyone um can't wait to see the giants in the playoffs for the first time in six years it's uh truly going to be a momentous occasion and uh yeah catch you all next week